Well, friends, let me ask you, who is driving your life? Who has the steering wheel, if you will, in your life? What is driving your life? You know, it was Francis Schaeffer, that Greek theologian there in the 20th century, that was really a student of culture. He made this comment just before his death, and he said that Americans are driven by two things, affluence and personal peace. In other words, he says, we're driven by cash and comfort. And what insight that is for each of us, because you know, we are a driven people. That's a slogan that we've heard often in the last few years, particularly on those TV commercials that challenge us to driving one of their vehicles. But there really is a lot of truth in it because just as we drive an automobile, and automobiles are driven, so are we. What drives a person to be a penny pitcher? Maybe it's fear. What drives a person to things like drugs and alcohol? Insecurity. What drives a multi-millionaire to become the president? It's power. What drives a workaholic? Success. What makes you tick today? What makes you do the things that you do? What are you investing in? We're beginning a series called Invested, Investing in the Kingdom. And we're challenging everybody to really answer that question for your life. Who is in control of your life? Who is in the driver's seat? What's directing your path? You know, probably one of the most misunderstood verses in the Bible is the one that we know in Luke chapter 6, verse 38. I know it challenged me all my life. As, as a Christian person, I have lived with that verse. I've thought about the words of Christ. And he said there, given it will be given to you for the measure you use it will be measured back to you. And I started pondering those words as, as a young man started thinking, well, how exactly is God going to bless me back? What does he really mean about this statement here? For the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And for a long time, I wanted to believe that verse, but it almost seemed too good to be true, and I just couldn't wrap my mind around it. And I kept asking myself, how exactly is it that God gives back? And when I give, how does God just provide? You know, here at our church for many years, I know we have been talking about investing in God's kingdom. We've been talking about the idea of being a generous disciple, of being people who give back, being believers who really invest something greater, investing in something greater than anything this world could provide. And we've been talking about the importance of really giving, giving into the Lord. We've talked a lot about it. In fact, uh, several things that I want to mention to you and just remind you about today why giving and investing in the kingdom of God is so crucial. You know, one thing I would say is that giving makes you more like God. Do you know that generous heart, that generous spirit, that joyful giving attitude makes you more like God? God is a giver and everything we have is a gift of God. When you give, you're really acting like God because the Bible says that God gave so much. I mean, he loved this world that he gave his only begotten son. You can give without 
loving, but you cannot love without giving. It makes you more like God when you have a generous heart, when you are a faithful giver. You know, something else we've talked about through the years is that giving actually draws you closer to God anyway. The Bible says, where your treasure is, there your heart is also. And wherever you put your money, wherever you put your time, wherever you put all your attention, that's where your heart is. If you put your money into entertainment, that's where your heart is. If you put your money into your house, that's where your heart is. If you put your money into your automobile, that's where your heart is. I know a lot of people, a lot of families, they put their money into fast food or into the golf course or any number of things. But where is it that you put your time and your attention? Where is your focus? What's driving your life? You know, if you put your money and investment of time and a generous heart into God, it draws you closer to God. Not only that, but we've talked about how giving is such an antidote for materialism. And don't we live in a very materialistic world? We live in a very materialistic culture. And advertisers aren't even subtle about it anymore. They just come right out in their commercials and tell you, we want to buy your happiness. I mean, that's really kind of the American way, isn't it? Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Or maybe the purchase of it. And the problem with this is even our kids have caught on. I know even years ago when my kids were much smaller, we'd be driving down the, hall, uh, the highway and, you know, even at five years of age, they could tell the difference between a Porsche or a Lamborghini and it's kind of scary, isn't it? And now all of our kids are running around with tablets as a toddler or with phones. We live in a very materialistic world. And you know, how can you live in a materialistic world and not be a materialistic girl or a materialistic guy? Here in this text that uh, Andy has shared with us in 1 Timothy, we find these words, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. I mean, God wants you to enjoy his creation and command them to be generous and willing to share and in this way that they might take hold of the life that is truly life. Take hold of life that is truly life. Command those who are rich. I mean, that's all of us. You know, if we live in America, we need to realize what a blessed place this is. What a wonderful place it is. You could be the poorest American, but you're still richer than most of the rest of the world. God says it's okay to enjoy life, but true living comes from giving. We make a living by what we get, but we make a life, friends, by what we give. And you know, as parents, we need to model that for our kids. We need to have the right balance between giving and receiving. If people are always getting, what are our kids really learning? about materialism and about living life only to take and never to give. Giving and generosity is the only antidote we know to any kind of materialism, any kind of getting is to give. Not only that, giving as you know, it strengthens our faith too. God, I think, uses finances so often to test our faith. You ever been tested like that? 
I mean, I have been tested in that way, and I'm sure you have, probably all of us have. I mean, you don't have a lot of money when you are a young person, and maybe you are trying to be challenged to give a tithe or to pay a bill. God is saying, do you really believe you can take care of your bills on your own, or do you think you have to take care of all that by yourself? And he says here, bring the whole tithe to my storehouse. Test me, he says. In this says the Lord and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you won't have room enough for it. God says, I dare you to invest in my kingdom. I dare you to be generous. I dare you to be a giver at heart. I dare you to see what generosity does in your life, what real giving and helping and serving and loving other people really does for the kingdom of God. I dare you to invest in the kingdom. Note the promise there. You know, there are more promises in the Bible that have to do with investing and giving and generosity than any other subject. In fact, we know Jesus talked a lot about giving. Many of the parables were centered around that kind of uh, giving and generosity. It is because it's the essence of our Christian life. Jesus talked more about giving than he did about heaven. He talked more about giving than he did about hell. God so loved the world that he gave. And giving provides God a chance, frankly, to do a great miracle in your life. So your giving strengthens you and it stretches you, but it really tests your faith. It builds your faith as we invest in something that is far beyond this world into the kingdom of God. But one last thing I remind you that we've often talked about, and that is giving is an investment in eternity. You can't take it with you, but you can send it on ahead. How many of you ever heard that statement? I think we all have. But you know, there's a lot of truth in that. Because the way you send it on ahead is by investing it in other people who are going to go there. Jesus said, store up treasure in heaven. And how do you do that? You invest and the kingdom of God. Here in this text, Paul writes in 1 Timothy, he said, give happily to those in need and always be ready to share whatever God has given you. And by doing this, you will be storing up real treasure for yourself in heaven. It's the only safe investment for eternity. It's got better rates too. And Jesus said, store up for yourself treasures in heaven. And he said, when you give to somebody else, God accepts it as if you are giving a gift to him. And when we give to other people, you're storing up treasure in heaven. Think of all the wonderful ways that we here over the last 50, 60 years have been investing in the kingdom of God. What a privilege it is to be part of such a vital congregation. All the ways that we have been reaching out to those in need, whether it be in stepping forward or our food pantry, providing care ministries through things like our Stephen ministry programs and all the wonderful ways that we have small groups and Bible studies and discipleship opportunities. Think of the numerous ways that we have worshiped God through all of our chancel choir and handbells and our contemporary, our praise team and faith on the lawn, we have been investing and shining and serving and giving and loving 
being generous disciples to really invest in God's kingdom. We prepared a video that we want you to watch, uh, something to remind us about what a blessed heritage we have here at Faith. Let's watch. You know, coming to church one time, I happened to see a bumper sticker that says, I've got it all, I charged it. <laughs> and you know, that's kind of our world, isn't it? Many people are not investing in eternity. We're not even investing in retirement. People are only living for today. Friends, I want to tell you there's a better way. You know, fear and growth, I find, go together like macaroni and cheese. It's a package deal. And the decision to grow always involves a choice between risk and comfort. And this means that to be a follower of Christ, you must renounce comfort as the ultimate value of life and ultimately be driven by being a giver, being a generous disciple, being one who serves in the kingdom of God. And that's sobering news to most because we are living in a society of cash and comfort. But you and I need to be driven by something far greater, by that generous heart, by that giving spirit that comes through knowing Jesus Christ. And I invite you to join us in our continuing heritage and step to make Jesus known here in this community. Let me invite you to a moment of prayer. Holy God, we thank you so very much for the way you have blessed our life, for the way that so many throughout the years have given their time and attention, their resources, all their serving and their efforts to reach people in our community with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Lord, how we want to do, continue to be those generous people, those that are indeed investing in your kingdom. So bless us here, O oh God, in this season. Make us mindful of the way that you have touched so many, made a great impact through each person in this church. Bind us together, draw us closer to you that we Lord, might be found faithful to shine your light and to be your people. We pray in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen.